everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fram and Friends with a very special guest coming to us virtually. I'm Matt Olson. I'm here to introduce your president and host, Fram Bergey. Good, uh, I guess I get, good afternoon, I think it is right now, everybody. Good to talk to you, uh, even though it's virtually. And uh, um, a good thing about uh, talking to you virtually for a podcast is that's basically what we do every time. So it's not a big change for us. I'm really excited today because uh, we have uh, a wonderful guest with us, uh, uh, someone that uh, many of you who are listening in know, um, and any of you who don't, you better get to know her pretty quick because she's amazing. Uh, Kelly Ford, our um, uh, head of head so softball coach for Titans softball. Kelly, great to have you. I get to see you, and uh, it's great to see you. I'm I'm hoping you're safe and healthy, and and everybody everything is good. Yeah, everything is is outstanding. I'm just so excited to be on this podcast today. So thanks for having me. Well, that's great. Um, I, I, I'm I'm taking that you're at home. Uh, you guys are hanging out and. Uh, um, uh, sheltering in place, as they say. Yeah, home in my backyard. It's a beautiful day. I've been doing all my Zooms in the office, and I just couldn't stay inside today. So, uh, yeah, we're all safe and and doing a lot of trampolining with my daughter, a lot of arts and crafts, and uh, a lot of fourth grade teaching. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we keep seeing. I keep seeing all the jokes on social media about uh, um, how. Uh, uh, teachers aren't paid enough. We're figuring that out now because of uh, the amazing job that we know they've been doing and that we're having to pick up, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it's unbelievable. I, between, you know, managing um, our Cal State Fullerton team and those Zoom meetings, uh, those actually are a breeze compared to uh, fractions and social studies and <laughs> freckle and all these apps we've got to add and be accustomed to using. So yeah, figuring it out. So Kelly, we should probably bring our folks up to speed with um, your path uh, getting to Cal State Fullerton as our um, head softball coach. Um, what brought you here? Um, where were you before? And uh, what led you to decide that this was the place you wanted to come and uh, plant the flag? Yeah, I, um, well, I was born and raised in Portland, Oregon and came to California after my undergraduate. And I, I went to school at University of Oklahoma, had an incredible experience, but got into Cal State system first at actually Cal State Northridge as a grad student and a grad assistant coach. Stayed in the Cal States um, and actually became an assistant coach here at Cal State Fullerton under the direction of Judy Garman and Michelle Gramacki. Michelle was moving into the head coach position I was their assistant coach, had an amazing experience um, as Judy was retiring and um, just absolutely loved Cal State Fullerton, had about a, an 11 and a half year stint at a community college, Mount Sac. Again, uh, just incredible teaching and coaching experience there. And when this position opened up, that was the one I was going to go for. So I got lucky and it just felt like home we, well we were talking about lucky we were lucky to get you for sure um i wanted to i, I, I know in order of, of questions here but i wanted to ask you a, a question that um, i love asking successful um coaches what what is it about uh that about coaching what is it that makes a good uh, or a great leader a great successful leader a great coach 
what are the attributes? You know, I think that each um, year, it's I've had some change in answering that question, and I've got to a place where I've really learned to empower my players, and they have a voice in this program, and that that buy-in has been transformational. Um, you know, it kind of there's a saying that we have taken on from our um, mental training specialist, Brian Kane, who also, he's an alum of Cal State Fullerton, but coach fed, player led. And so I feel like um, my success has come from really guiding these young women into becoming their own leaders. And once that magic kind of happens, um, I don't have to do a lot of real culture coaching. And my first, this was my eighth season here. My first three years, um, I spent a lot more time coaching culture than I ever did the game of softball or the you know strategic side, the skill set side. Um, and now it's more so running itself. There's still, of course, improvements all along the way to make, but that's, that's been, I guess, my um, strength is really seeing the value in empowering these young women and giving them a voice and, and letting them lead and kind of stepping back and honestly staying out of their way sometimes. So coaching through empowerment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, um, you know how much Julie and I love uh, the softball uh, team. We, we, we really do. Uh, uh, and we, we found it. Um, and I will be very transparent about this almost by accident. Uh, we came to see uh, a, a Titan baseball game as we were, um, yeah. we felt duty bound to do. And when we first got here, because uh, obviously Titan baseball is also a storied tradition at, at uh, Cal State Fullerton. And there were two games going on. Uh, and we watched the t baseball game, but we couldn't, we couldn't uh, keep our um, attention off of um, watching our amazing women. And it was very, very quick that uh, we fell in love and, and were, um, uh, uh, captivated by the team. And it, it, it all has to do with culture. Um, it has to do with uh, um, the esprit de corps and the feeling that we get as fans mm -hmm. by watching these women um, who seem to care about themselves, about each other first and foremost, um, and want each other to succeed first and foremost. Um, and that seems like a big part of it. So uh, how, do you, how do you inculcate that? How do you encourage your, um, your players uh, to be selfless and, and play for the team? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of our um, themes is team first. And we do a lot of different things, I guess, to keep that message um, in the forefront because every team is gonna say, oh, team first, rah, rah. I think um, I go back to empowering some of our uh, leaders. We'll do small group chats, little, you know, and I'm kind of using Zoom ter terminology, but we were doing that before we, all these Zoom meetings happened. Um, we'd, give, we'd start off every practice with uh, just meeting in small groups and having a topic, um, non-softball topic, and just talk to these uh, student athletes. And I think... They, they get to know each other 
on more of a personal um, basis instead of, you know, your ERA or your batting average or whether you're a starter or a non-starter in these little chats that we have, you know, the, the numbers really don't matter. And um, it's really uh, caring about the athlete on your right and on your left and, and really engaging with them and, and getting to know that they have a little brother and a little sister or that um, their, their grandfather passed away or that they feel really strong in this area in their life and, and really need some help and guidance in another area. So I think we've, we've um, spent a lot of time getting to know each other and from the coaches to the players, you know, they relationships matter. And we take a lot of time um, getting to know our players. Yeah, along the recruiting process, but once they're on our campus, we continue that because that engagement and that relationship, you know, that all contributes to the culture that we're trying to create and that, that team first culture. If I simply talk to my athletes about the numbers, you know, they, there wouldn't be um, that kind of uh, engagement that they would understand that we really care about them. And, and my staff has a holistic approach to coaching these student athletes and softball is just one little piece of it. And I really do mean little. Um, it's something that uh, I, I love about my job. I get to be inspired by these women. I get to be a part of their life, hopefully positive. Um, and we get to really get to know each other through some, you know, some not some hard discussions. And so I think that's just something that um, I value. And uh, the athletes have really, really uh, bought into that. Yeah, I mean, talk about Titan family. It is exactly that. It is um, a, a family within a family. Uh, um, and I, I, I see the, the women caring for each other uh, almost as family members, if not exactly like you would care for other family member. And that's something that is hard to create. But you, you, um, you, you said something that really caught my ear, Kelly, and that is that softball is just a small part of this. Uh, you know, there is a, there is a, a, a fairly significant debate um, across the country about the value of intercollegiate athletics um, and um, whether they have a place in um, today's university setting, um, and if so, what that place is, uh, whether they're a co-curricular activity or they are a, uh, an academic pursuit or not, whether you are a, uh, an educator uh, as a coach or not. From my perspective, there as a as a former intercollegiate athlete there, and as a, someone who um, values it, there's really little question. Um, but when you hear a coach say that my discipline, softball, is only a small part of this, this is about building character and building uh, leadership and building um, skills for life for the future, that is the perfect demonstration of uh, why intercollegiate athletics is important. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, um, well, there's two things that come to mind. One, uh, that's something that when I interview coaches to come on board um, and bring in, I ask them about what value does sport bring in teaching, you know, life skills. And that's where I know if they're a match or a fit 
for Cal State Fullerton and our program or not, um, because more value in my coaching philosophy goes into teaching life skills than it does the sport of softball. But you use the sport of softball, you know, as a vehicle to right. on a daily basis, you know, talk about being competitive, talk about, um, you know, teaching leadership. You know, I, I tell my student athletes, sometimes uh, the hardest conversation is to come to a coach and ask about money and ask about the scholarship. And I'm like, oh no, you do it. You've got to get used to asking these hard conversations or talking about these hard topics because guess what? You're going to have to go into your boss and ask for a raise. And um, we bring in those kind of life lessons all the time. The other thing that comes to mind is, um, you know, I think my number one job is creating an environment where the athletes um, can really uh, explore confidence. And once they are confident, then we can coach them. So if they're down and out, and that's why we got to know what, what's happened in their lives the last 24 hours, what's going on with their relationship with their parents, with a boyfriend, with a girlfriend, with friends, with family. We got to know if their well is full or not, because if it's full, then we can coach them and we can turn it on. And we can, um, you know, uh, I guess we can, um, we can use discipline. We can use uh, extrinsic uh, motivators. Um, we can get things accomplished on the field if their well is full. If it's not, coaching them and being really tough on them that day isn't going to work. Isn't going to work. So I just, um, again, go back to, yeah, life skills. I mean, I... I've learned so much from this team. I have um, on the 2020 team, I have an amazing woman battling cancer. I have a mother um, of a two-year-old who's balancing college athletics, getting her graduate degree, and a two-year-old beautiful baby boy. I have young women that have personal you know, struggles, that have um, issues with eating disorders, um, suicidal thoughts, um, not knowing um, in this COVID situation, wow, families losing their jobs and really struggling financially. And um, so these type of things, it, it almost is like softball and how to throw that curveball or that backhand is beyond on the back burner. But I do think that uh, you can see the resilience that you have built with these women um, in the time that they've been in the program, come uh, to the forefront at times like this. Um, I, uh, I can spot one of your players a mile away. Uh, they are, uh, they, walk, they walk proud, uh, they look you in the eye. Uh, when they smile, their whole face lights up. Um, they uh, are not, a, they're not shy in any way uh, to step to the front, to ask the question, um, they're also very willing to give of themselves. Uh, you feel um, welcomed by them. Um, you feel included by them. And they, uh, they, they exhibit, Kelly, all the elements of what I would want all our Titans to exhibit. Uh, uh, they're gonna be amazing women. They're gonna be amazing people, but they're gonna be especially amazing women out in the world. 
uh, when they lead. Wow, thank you. Yeah, Kelly, you have so many incredible players as part of this program. You kind of touched on it with Taylor, and there's Kelsey Whitmore, this first women baseball player playing professional baseball, Ari making the professional softball team this year, and then obviously Taylor. What is attracting these amazing athletes to our program? Are they that way when they get here? What is it about your culture that's creating that? Because these are national stories. These, just, these aren't just Orange County stories. Mm -hmm. I think um, along the recruiting process, and especially when uh, they're coming onto our campus, I think it's important for the recruits to spend time with the current athletes and almost less time with me because I've done all the phone conversations. I've been out there watching them at games. Um, they, they know what I'm about and what I say that the program's about, but spending time with our student athletes is priority on a campus visit. And uh, I, I, one of, um, I guess, our most memorable, um, one of my most memorable experiences in recruiting, and believe me, Recruiting is um, one of those things that I don't love, but it is something that I know we have to do. So we're always, you know, trying to get creative and, and do new things with our visits. But I, I sat there in awe listening to a panel of seniors, seniors talk to the incoming, they were seniors in high school, my seniors on the Cal State Fullerton team talking on an official visit to the uh, seniors in high school and their parents when they were here on an official visit. And I was, like I said, they, they um, just illustrated what Cal State Fullerton experience was. And many of them do want to stay close to home. 90% of our roster is from California. And of that 90%, it, 75 is Southern California and within an hour of and a half of campus. So family is important. Coming and um, their family being at our games uh, is important. And that's one of the first things I figure out with our recruits. That's not a great thing for every student athlete to have their parents in the stands. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's good for some, but I ask that hard question right in front of the parents. Is this an atmosphere you're gonna flourish in? But that was a common theme with our senior panel that they wanted to, um, they wanted their family to experience uh, their college career and come to their games. And that's what, um, what we're able to do with so many amazing uh, home games because of our facility, because of the weather, because of our location. And then you take it a step further to our Big West Conference, being a California-based conference, um, every parent can find a way to uh, get to our conference game. So it's really, really unique. And you bet they save for that Hawaii trip, which is our uh, only conference opponent out, but out of California. But back to that panel, just hearing why they um, chose Cal State Fullerton, family was a common theme. One, for their family to see, but to experience a family environment um, was really important to them. And, and I could say that's the environment that we want to create, but they've got to touch it, feel it, taste it. And um, hearing the student athletes share that that is something they experience at Cal State Fullerton as uh, a student athlete and a softball player, as music to my ears. 
because um, we have so many things, wonderful things to uh, share with our university and our degrees and our experience. But let's face it, there's some big football schools that can just, you know, wow them with the uh, glitz and glamour and, and bling. And our, we sell more of getting to know the student athletes and our family and the experience of really feeling uh, like a person and, and not a number. So anyway, back to that that panel. It's really amazing to hear the student athletes share their experience. And uh, so that's, that's really an angle that we go after the athletes spending time with the current players. So there's also a um, fairly significant legacy for Cal State Fullerton for uh, women's softball. Um, that is something that we uh, are very proud of. Um, and that we can use as a motivator. And I'm wondering how you use that. I mean, when I, when I uh, sit out in the field and, and in the stands and, and, and watch the game, I, it, it is not lost on me that we're back to back to back to back Big West champions. Um, it's not lost on me that I can look out there and see not only how many Big West championships we've had, but um, how many appearances we've had um, and our national championship. So there's a there's a um, a sense of uh, history and legacy, and and in a university that's only 60 years old, um, and in a public university to boot, that's not as common, I would imagine, for a lot of programs. Do you feel that weight? Oh, I I love talking about um, Judy Garman's legacy and Michelle Gramacki's legacy because they're they left an incredible, incredible um, footprint. And we're one of 13 schools in the country that have won a national championship. Our facility uh, blows everybody out of the water in the big west, and if not in the state of California. And with the uh, new renovations that are coming, we're gonna stay um, you know, on the cutting edge as far as nationally going there. But there's just a hit rich history of greatness. and yeah, we, we are on a bit of a roll. And I think um, the Big West uh, coaches um, know that we're a force to be reckoned with. And so what do they do? They bring their A game every time they play Cal State Fullerton. And so we kind of know that going in and, and going back to the, the culture of, you know, I, I really believe that this would have been our fifth conference championship this season um, by far. This on the field, the skill set of the 2020 team um, was incredible. Um, we have we had knocked off uh, six power uh, five teams already. We've never beat that many um, power five teams. Um, gosh, we beat Notre Dame, ASU, Texas Tech, um, Central Florida, and they're all ended up in the top 25. Um, Minnesota top 25. Cal. BYU, we were, we were um, primed, but the great thing was, it was, we were probably only about 70% of our capabilities and our, our team knew that. But um, going back to, you know, culture, I give all the credit to the student athletes. I don't talk about conference championships. I don't, I don't say at the beginning of the season, our goal is to win number five, but there's an expectation 
And that's part of the culture that the leaders on the team have cultivated. They, um, I don't need to talk about that. I talk about what's in front of us, which is the next pitch, you know, which is our next game. I don't need to talk about where we're going to be the end of May. Yeah, I mean, uh, that of course inevitably leads to the to the the question, um, which in some ways we all know the answer to, but the the heartbreak of having to cancel the rest of the season this year, um, and how uh, our team, our players have been dealing with that, how you've been dealing with it. Uh, I feel an enormous loss and sense of, of missing out. Um, and I can only imagine what our women feel and you feel in that. Cause I'm, I was absolutely, there was no question you guys were going all the way. You were doing, you, this was an amazing year. Now, the great thing about sports, as they always say, is there will be next year. But yeah. tell me how you've been working on that with the with the players, and then maybe segue into with uh, with the NCAA's ruling whether we have some seniors that might come back or not, or where your where your thinking is with that. Sure, I'd love to talk about this part. I have this image of the last time we were all on the field together, and we were actually putting the tarp on. And so we, um, we were co-hosting a tournament with uh, Long Beach State and got the news. And I, I, um, we all kind of thought it was coming. And, and Jim Donovan called me, and he's been spectacular through this. I just really can't imagine an athletic director leading a department any better than he has uh, through, the, through COVID. But he personally came um, to the field and uh, we all went up to our meeting room and he shared the news and, and he seems to always be a step ahead. He had already prepared me. I had prepared my coaches and, and, um, and, and then it was instantaneous. Go home, get your stuff out of your lockers. We know school's gonna close and everything that Jim kind of forecasted happened. And, it was shocking. I was in shock and the players were in shock for at least a week. This can't be real. They're going to bring the season back, right? You know, and as, um, you know, every day passed, we realized, okay, you know, this is how it's going to be. And right away, um, we all wanted to connect. So we were Zooming before um, we were even, um, before Jim said, okay, start Zooming with your team. We had already had our two, two meetings there and connecting and, and um, that's just how close uh, this, this team is. And I am happy to say, um, you know, I really think the NCAA made the right decision. Um, it's been, it's created a lot of havoc since they have reinstated uh, this, the season for these spring sports. But five of our seven seniors are coming back. Okay. Uh, and wow. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I just, you know, to lose your senior year uh, to this would be horrible. The, the two of the athletes that are not coming back, one was graduating this summer and she, um, Ari Burns, she already is a go-getter, has got a job lined up. And the other is Trisha Parks. Our, she already um, was graduating with her graduate degree. So she was at Cal State Fullerton six years. Um, we'll have her bachelor's and her graduate degree. And so it didn't make sense for her career-wise to um, 
stay back and try to get a, a, yet another graduate degree. So the other five are coming back and, and you bet they are so thankful. And uh, I think they're going to bring so much perspective. Um, they were incredible leaders before this and they have really, really stepped up. So between the five of them, they're either going to, um, they're applying for graduate school right now. I'm writing a ton of letters of rec. We are, they're um, doing a potential minor or a double major, figuring it out school-wise, um, how to com compete, but also making a better career path for them. So they've put a lot of thought into it. They're not just jumping into any major just to stay eligible. They are um, doing a lot of homework and, and I'm really proud of them because that, that takes a lot. They, uh, the five that are staying, um, three of them were gonna graduate this spring. The other two, one in fall and one in summer. So they, they had to maneuver their schedule, but I am, I'm thrilled that they're making that commitment to Cal State Fullerton and coming back and they're bringing so much energy and excitement to the table that, you know, it's, it's magical. And they'll get to at least see some of the uh, upgrades and impact that you were talking about for our, our, our new facility. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about what's happening there with the uh, new uh, upgrades for softball. Well, these renovations are going to be amazing. I, um, although I will miss the baseball coaches because I love Coach Hook and their staff. Um, just fun to work with every single day. They are getting a new clubhouse um, on the left field side of the baseball stadium, and it's going to um, really be the entrance of uh, the north side of campus. The the um, drawings are, are amazing. So they're going to renovate the building that we are currently in. Um, and I kind of call it Taj Mahal. <laughs> uh, my office is going to be on steroids. Uh, you know, all of my assistant coaches are um, getting brand new offices. We're going to get a video analysis room. The training room for baseball and softball is going to be in the building. Um, what I'm most happy about is a locker room renovation. Uh, that's, it's really important. These locker rooms have turned into almost, you know, the number one thing you show recruits. Um, coming to your campus. And so I, it, it, it's beautiful. Um, they're going to have a kitchenette, you know, so they can make meals or to-go things in between class and practice, um, a lounge area. So uh, they'll be able to hook up their laptop and study there. Um, that'll be attached to the locker room on the, the bottom floor. We are going to put a cover on our batting cages. Um, you know, we're in the sun, you know, five hours a day. So it's going to be such a nice relief to um, be on that artificial turf um, with a cover. So that's tremendous. Uh, like I said, the video analysis room, um, there'll be a, basically a classroom big enough for 30 of us to do our scouting, to do our swing analysis, to, you know, there's all sorts of technology that we use to uh, watch our games, to watch opponents, to watch the athletes. And we have been known to do it in the press box before and, and uh, I'll push into there. Um, our current locker room is uh, really, really uniquely configured. I'll just say that. <laughs> so it's all in to watch on one screen was um, your, your, no, your body to body in there. So we're going to actually have um, a place to sit down and take notes. And, and um, I, I just, the uh, Judy Garman has come to the 
table and made a tremendous donation for our softball. Um, they're not going to call it Hall of Fame, but there's going to be a softball, basically Hall of Fame within the building. Baseball is going to have one too. Um, I'm just, just I could go on and on about the renovations. It's going to uh, transform our. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it will transform our recruiting. But what I think it'll um, bring so much pride uh, for our alumni. They're going to have an opportunity to maybe uh, name a locker or, um, you know, we're going to do some things, have an alumni wall, just really uh, celebrate the legacy of Titan softball. I think it's important too for listeners to know, uh, you mentioned Judy Garman's gift, um, how important it is for this program. I've talked to Jim Donovan about this before, how we're heading up against UCLA in the playoffs every year and their athletic budget is in the tens of, well, probably hundreds of millions. And ours is a very small fraction of that. And yet we're giving them everything they can handle every year, not just in softball, but in other sports as well. But talk about the importance of, of donors and gifts coming forward in this, when you're up against these Goliaths. Yeah. Well, I'll start with um, our seniors that have returned and, um, we're paying for that out of fundraising. And that is from our alumni, our families, our leadoff event. Um, Jim absolutely said, yes, we wanna support those seniors coming back and give them the opportunity to compete their senior year. Um, but we don't have the money to do that and to pay for each senior. So it's on you coach. And so um, thank goodness we had have had real um, successful fundraisers and had some quote unquote money in the bank for that. And it was gonna be uh, used for, um, I don't know, bells and whistles in our renovations at our new facility, but I can't think of a better way to spend our fundraise dollars than to give our seniors, you know, this opportunity to come back and compete. So um, it, it's, we use our fundraise dollars to supplement every, um, every piece of our budget, our travel, our supplies, our recruiting, and it's just what, what we do. And uh, from our one event, our lead off, to um, working uncorked, to some really incredible uh, donations by alumni and, and families, it, it has been something that every single year we've been able to bring more and more in, and it goes directly back to the student athletes. Yeah, you know, I, I, I remember, I think it was last season, sitting yeah. up in the uh, 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 upstairs with Jim on the balcony watching the game, and you, it was, I think we were playing Michigan State, and uh, it was a close game, and we beat them at the end, and Jim turned to me and said, you know what that is, don't you? And I said, what? He said, that is David versus Goliath. You know, we have a we have a total athletic budget of about uh, you know just under fifteen million dollars, and theirs is one hundred and fifteen million dollars. And there we just we just showed them uh, what Titans uh, athletics is all about, and uh, we do that over and over. And, and it's quite quite something what we do, um, uh, and it is a testament uh, to um, our athletes for sure. Um, and to our university, of course, but especially to our coaches and our coaching staff for what they do. Uh, you guys do an amazing job. So Kelly, what was it? I mean, did you always know you wanted to be a coach? Uh, or what was it that, that one day you said, this is what I want to do? I, I knew. 
um, since, gosh, I want to say the time I started uh, dribbling a basketball, um, I was that child that always had a ball in my hand. Um, and it didn't matter, uh, softball, baseball, basketball, you know, kickball. I just always had a ball in my hand. And I think it really came from, you know, my dad coaching me, um, when I was younger, he played slow pitch softball. That's probably where it started. We would go every weekend, travel around Portland, Oregon and at different tournaments. And I was always the kid, the bat girl or wanting to play catch with the guys. And I just had a real love for sport and competition. And honestly, um, it wasn't just softball. It was, it was every sport. Uh, I actually, this is, this is really uh, cool to share, but I just got a call that I'm going to be inducted into the Portland Interscholastic uh, League Hall of Fame Sweet. For, um, for my high school days. And I just, I, I just thought, wow, that, I mean, that, that's amazing. But I, I just, all I did was just grow up loving competition, loving. I was always the one that wanted to keep score. And my cousins and my sister, like, why don't we just play for fun? I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, so I don't know. I just always had it in me. I always knew I wanted to coach. And um, when the opportunity, you know, uh, came in front of me for grad school and, and it started there, you know, I've had some incredible mentors and uh, I just am so thankful for um, all the opportunities that have come my way. And, and I just, I, as you're asking me about this, I'm thinking back on all the coaches that made such an impact. And I think, wow, if I have an opportunity to make a fraction of the impact on my student athletes, I, I feel so honored and so proud. So I don't think um, I could have this uh, great conversation with you without talking about Taylor and what um, uh, she's been going through and how amazing you have been in taking care of her, um, but the team has been. For those of uh, our listeners who don't know about uh, Taylor Dawkins' fight against cancer, she is an amazing young woman. Uh, that goes without saying. She is a, a vibrant light in the world. And uh, uh, But what has been um, so inspirational to me and so um, uh, incredible to watch is the, how her team has come around her and taken care of her and cared for her. And I know they do that um, for each other all the time. And as, uh, because uh, I know there have been other crises for young women in, on our team where the team has take, uh, come around them with they've uh, lost a family member or have been having problems, but they've been doing this one on a sustained basis for a long time. Um, and it is the evidence of the sinew of the connective tissue that is created for this team. Um, talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Well, I still remember this day. It was uh, the summer before Taylor Dawkins' senior year of high school, and one of the most decorated, I mean, if not the most decorated recruit we've ever had at Cal State Fullerton, um, Gatorade P National Player of the Year, State Player of the Year, I mean, uh, and talk about um, some of the schools that recruited her. Um, she knew she wanted to stay close to home so and came to all our camps when she was young and just knew she wanted to be a Titan. So that was uh, amazing. But the summer before her senior year, 
I was in Colorado, one of the biggest travel ball tournaments in the country uh, is in Colorado every, every year around uh, July 4th. And I remember going, she'd already committed to us and going over to, um, you know, one of her games. And I was just stopping by to say hi on my way to catch a flight to get back to California. And, and, you know, her mom came up, you know, she's just not feeling good today. So coach, I don't know if she's going to get in. I'm like, oh, I don't need to see her. I, you know, I've seen her enough. I just wanted to say, you know, hello and check in. Well, by the time I landed, she had to be uh, taken to emergency and they already found out that she had cancer. So um, that she has battled and fought and just inspired millions. Um, you know, the doctors are in shock every time they see her throw a bullpen, get in the game. Um, and it's, it's unbelievable. She'll do have a chemo um, session on Monday and by Wednesday, she's fighting to get back in the bullpen. And I even have to say, hey, you know, you need to stay in the shade um, right now, or you, you can only throw a 20 minute bullpen. She wants to get out. We, um, at the beginning of our season, we do a, a, what's called a gasser test. And basically it's 18 sprints in other under 20 seconds per sprint. And, you know, she had been um, just short of hospitalized all summer uh, and came back and passed the test and it's sheer will. So our, our players are day in and day out in awe of her, but they're also such good friends that that's not all they talk about. And Taylor doesn't want to be known as the softball player with cancer. And so I think, um, you know, her even wanting to be on campus, of course, she's advised to take all her classes online. She wants to be on campus. She wants to feel the excitement that, um, that all the other students feel. And I think, her teammates bring her some sense of normalcy that they talk about, you know, boys, they talk about um, what they're struggling with and she doesn't have to talk about battling cancer all the time. Um, you know, even in our Zoom meetings, sometimes she makes some and sometimes she doesn't. Um, when she's, you know, physically fatigued or just down in, um, or maybe on Monday she, Every other Monday, she goes in for chemo treatment. So every other Monday, she misses that uh, team meeting. Um, they reach out to her and check in. And she keeps them going as much as they keep her going. And I uh, just, I could not, um, you know, be more impacted by anybody in my life than Taylor Dawkins and her family and her parents are just, Incredible. just amazing. And she's all over the record books, and it's not, it has nothing to do with cancer. Oh. The, the no hitter, the 57 yeah. no hitter, and there's so many like that. Yeah. That are just incredible. Yeah. And she actually um, redshirted this year before we found out that, um, you know, before COVID, we already knew she was going to redshirt because she just had a lot of procedures and a lot of things um, going on that she would be able to throw at practice, but really what was affected was um, her reaction time. There was no doubt that she could have gone in there for two to three innings on any given weekend, but it was the reaction time that was kind of uh, keeping us um, a little fearful of putting her in. So we made the decision, she made the decision to redshirt so she could come back and be strong. And I uh, just, you know, I, uh, her drive and, um, 
you know, inspiration to us all is, is unbelievable. The thing that never ceases to amaze me is that um, I only need to be with her for under a minute and I already, she already makes me forget. Yeah. I hope that doesn't sound bad, but she makes me forget that there's any issue or any problem because all we're doing is talking about life and yeah. lights, she lights up, makes me light up. Um, you know, her mom and dad are incredible as well. Um, they're such an amazing family and um, we are very, very, very blessed, blessed to have them with us. She's given this team and this environment, she's such a big part of our culture, but it's because she brings perspective. You know, um, I really believe uh, whether she's there or not, her touch is um, every day with us. Uh, you know, where normally teams could um, fall apart if there's some kind of conflict or, you know, the freshmen aren't picking up the equipment or um, so-and-so's, you know, in a personal fight, all sorts of things go on. But I think our team just go, you know, they think about Taylor and they just let those little things go. And it has been just kind of the uh, hidden strength of our team. You guys have a lot of fun. And, and I noticed you were on ESPN either last year or the year before being interviewed. And she was behind you with two Gatorade cups over her eyes and she's dancing around. And then other people from the dugout came out and you could just tell she's just a spark plug and gets everybody smiling no matter what. So can we, we're about, we're, we're about finishing, finishing up our, our time here, but I don't want to uh, go without asking one question and that is, okay, what's harder being uh, a Titan softball coach or being a mom? <laughs> right now? Mom crushes it, crushes it. Right now I had to, to do this meeting without, she's made a cameo appearance on every Zoom. She just, you know, usually pops in, but this meeting- Come over right now. Well, she probably would, but I, I did. I um, absolutely said, you can have a cup of ice cream. If you can keep the dog inside without running around and barking and, you know, and so yeah, she would probably come out. Hey, Sarah. Who knows where she is. Last time I was on a Zoom um, and I was really engaged in the Zoom, I came outside and she was on the roof. So <laughs> it, it was, I, I mean, I, I got to keep one eye on her. So sorry, I had to pass my phone over to her earlier when we were uh, being recorded, but. So yeah. as, as, as good a coach as you are, you're, as, you're equally good or not better as mom because she is an amazing kid. Wow. Amazing Thank kid. you. Well, this has been a great, great, great joy, great pleasure. I'm, I'm glad to see you, um, even though it's virtually. I'm glad to know you're healthy and safe, and Sarah too. And um, I just uh, hope you stay that way. I can't wait to see you in person. I'm so excited to see what uh, our women are going to do uh, in uh, this next season. Um, uh, you know, opportunity knocks, right? Yeah, no matter what happens, you, even though we lost this season, it still would be five in a row. Yeah. Starting right. next year. <laughs> that's right. We're, right. we're in. I, I want to thank you um, for your incredible leadership through this. And I uh, even Julie's been sending me texts, and you guys sent Sarah and myself an Easter card, which is so thoughtful. And uh, just appreciate that. So, you know, 
in what I do in my little world with the team, you guys do on such a bigger scale and it's noticed and appreciated. And, and thanks for uh, having me on today. Well, we do it together. It's a Titan family, as we say, right? That's and right. Uh, let's just, let's just keep doing it. Thank you very, very much. Thanks everybody for listening and take care. Thank you. Hey, Kelly, thank you. Thank you for listening to Fram and Friends, a collaboration between Titan Radio and Cal State Fullerton. For more episodes like the one you just heard, visit titanradio.org.